Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Kalamazoo, Michigan campus. For more info on the church, visit newdaycommunity.org. So we've been talking about the inward journey, the upward journey, the outward journey. So right now we're in the inward journey, or upward journey. <laughs> and we're talking about God's attributes, the attributes of God. And honestly, I'll just be real honest with you, when we sat down to pick um, what we would talk on, I thought, Grace, that'll be easy, right? <laughs> and uh, it, and it's, it's easy and wonderful and amazing, um, like all attributes of God are. So as we were, before service, first service, we were praying, and I just got this picture of the Lord. Um, uh, Jen was praying with me, and she said something about just bring your peace. And what I saw was God taking a big vat of oil. Actually, I saw a really cool, you know, like the containers that you buy the oils in, you know, the cool oils. And I saw him just pour it over this house. And during worship, um, the song that said, uh, fill my life, fill my heart, fill me from the inside out, I just saw God say, you know, I can do stuff, but are you going to let me do stuff in your heart? Are you going to open up and let my oil just kind of transform you? And that's what this whole journey is about, this inward, upward, and outward journey. It's all about transforming what we think about God, what we think about other people, what we think about ourselves, and really changing our perspective and getting a look at who we are, who he is, and who others are from his perspective. So if you're um, willing to do that today, I just feel like there's something in here something in this message that will really help you connect with God on a new level. But because the last time I talked, um, I shared a video with you that was very powerful and impactful. I searched high and low, and this is the best I could come up with.
So that's a little intro for you. Um, and then we need to back this up just a tad. And my clicker is not doing that. There it goes. Okay. So, <clears throat> grace and mercy. A lot of times when we talk about grace, we, grace and mercy are really closely related, and we often think they're the same thing, but they are very different. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I shared on mercy, and I think that's interesting that I got to turn around and share about grace right afterwards. So, uh, grace is God's blessing us despite the fact that we don't deserve it. It's extending kindness to the unworthy. Where mercy is God not punishing us for our sins as we deserve or deliverance from judgment. So that's the difference. And, you know, when we talk about God blessing us, that blessing is love, favor, strength, power. It's him giving us gifts a gift of his love, his favor, his power, his strength, his kindness. It goes on and on and on, even though we don't deserve it. Um, we didn't do anything. Uh, we didn't have to earn it. It just is something that he gives to us. And um, this, this series that we're right now, we're talking about the upward journey, but we're also talking about God's attributes. And I liked what Cameron said. I, I had shared with you guys that an attribute would be like eye color, but then I thought about it later that you know, you can put in colored contacts and change your eye color. <laughs> but uh, can't, Pastor had said, you can't change your skin color. You know, it's just who you are. That what you're born with, that's, that's what it is for your whole life. God's attributes are who he is. It, it doesn't change from day to day. It doesn't fluctuate whether he's in a good mood or a bad mood. His attributes stay the same. They're constant, and they have been since the beginning, and they will be forever. And those, um, so it doesn't come and go. It's always the same. It was in the beginning and still is. And there will not be any more or less of his attributes. His attributes, they don't like, you know, like he doesn't get more or, de you know, deplete his, his uh, supply as he gives out. It's always, he always has it. And <clears throat> as I was researching this, I... I realized that I think the very first act of grace by God was um, extended to Adam and Eve. In the beginning, um, when Adam and Eve sinned, God killed an animal to make coverings for them. That was him extending grace. You know, and, and it did make me wonder, of course I got the guy in the front here, but anyway, it made me wonder, like, why, why didn't God just scrap the whole plan? Like, you know, Adam and Eve, they messed up, like, start over. Like, he could have done that, right? I mean, he had the power to do that. But his nature, who he was, who he is, who he will be, is all about grace and about love. You know, he looked at Adam and Eve, and, and he could have left them naked. I mean, really, you know, he didn't. He didn't have to give them that gift, and yet he did. In Exodus, um, we, we find out that God reveals who he is and a little bit about his attributes to Moses. When Moses asked him, in Exodus 34, 5 through 7, it says, Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood, there, stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, 
the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquities and transgression and sin, and by no means clearing the guilty. He declared who he was. He is gracious. Wow, that is so amazing. Grace is a gift. It is not something you earned. It, the bass was pretty high in that song, but, which is funny, but. Um, the, um, the, you, it is not something you earn. It isn't something we do and then we get it. It is something he gives us and we take hold of. And it is the good news. Now, I don't know every other religion. I, I can't say that. I can speak on all of them. But the few that I do know about, it's all about earning a place or doing the right thing or somehow measuring up. Ours is the only faith that says, you don't deserve anything and we're going to give you a gift anyway. God says, you know what? That's why it's good news. That's why it says all through the New Testament, this is good news because you don't have to do anything. You don't have to change or do or become before you receive it. Once you receive it, it transforms you. And I could go on and on. There's like, in Romans 3.23, it says, we all fall short of the glory of God. 1 Kings 8.46 says, there is no one who does not sin. Proverbs 8.46 says, who can say, I have made my heart clean. I am sure from my sin. It's only by God's grace that we are cleansed. And, and sometimes, I, I, as I was getting ready for this message, I felt like, you know, sometimes in the church, we forget about where we came from, or that we're all sinners, that that gift was free, that we didn't have to earn it. And, and sometimes I'm guilty of looking at people who maybe are out in the world, and I actually had a conversation with someone yesterday who was a faithful believer for years and, and has said, you know, I, I, just, I, just don't, I just don't believe anymore. And, and it broke my heart, but instead of looking on him with judgment I wanted to see what his perspective was and just share with him that God still loves him God didn't change you know he might have changed but God didn't change God's love doesn't change so what is the truth well the truth is no one was saved or is saved or will be saved except by grace it's only by grace that you are saved and that grace always comes through Jesus Christ. It came through, it, if it was in the Old Testament, they were looking forward to it. And we who have, who have the opportunity to live after he died for our sins, we look back on that grace. Um, and God had this planned from the beginning. He knew this is how we would be saved. It was going to be his gift to us that we could have um, favor with him by just accepting it. And that acceptance, or that grace, leads us to repentance, which then leads us to righteousness. And I heard a really um, great analogy about, well, if it's all about grace, then I can just do whatever I want, and his grace is sufficient, and he'll just cover it, so why not just go ahead and sin? I mean, you know, 
His grace is always there, and it's always the same, and it's always abundant. And um, this analogy, this one, uh, one uh, author I was reading, he said, it's kind of like um, a train. So think of yourself as this locomotive, and the engine is God's power in you, you know, and it's going. But you don't go anywhere unless you're on the train tracks. And God's laws and his Bible are the train tracks that we run on, that we are actually propelled to our destiny and to what God wants us to do by riding on those rails. And if we, go, if we get caught up in sin, we get derailed. We're not going in the direction that he wants us to go, and we, don't, we are not effective. Um, and I thought that was a great analogy. So grace, so an acrostic, yes, an acrostic, right? Yes, thank you. So God's riches at Christ's expense, okay? So we have access to his rich abundance of love and power and strength because Jesus died for our sins, that, Jesus, that God sent Jesus as an offering to be poured out so that you and I could have access. Um, grace is also translated in the Bible as favor, and in, in one translation it's found 206 times. And um, in the Old Testament, it's, and it's found in the Old Testament and New Testament. So it's, God is gracious all the way through. So the first time the word is found, though, is in Genesis 6, 8. And, and it's the story of Noah. And the, the, it actually says Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And one commentator talks about the fact that, you know, this is the first place grace is mentioned. And we shouldn't be confused. It's not that um, while Noah was an upstanding right kind of person so then God looked at him and he found grace and so that's why he saved Noah it wasn't like that it was that he found grace became righteous by following God and doing what God asked him to do and that's when the Lord said oh look here he is someone who found my grace and I'm going to use him you know to build the ark and all of that so it so when I first was looking at it, I thought, what? So it's, I wonder how many were offered. I think lots. And how many refused? Everyone but Noah. Noah was the only one that accepted the gift, that found that grace. You know, he, was, he offered it to many. And, and how much does our day today feel like Noah's times? You know, we look around the world and, and, and that's why the good news is so important to be sharing because it is good news and it's also what a dying world needs to hear. It's that you don't have to do anything. You don't have to change for God to love you. He loved you already. He made a way for you. It's called grace. On, and another uh, example in the Bible of grace was, was David, um, and help me out here, Graham, because I can't say this guy's name. Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth. Ha, yes. Okay, so David, um, if you don't know the story or aren't familiar, David was, 
actually Saul was king and David was, God told him he was going to be king. And after Saul was killed, David became the king. And, uh, and during that time, that time period, it wasn't unheard of for a new king to go, okay, every, the old king's family, let's take them all out. Because we don't want anybody trying to come and, you know, take back the throne or anything like that. So David's out on the hunt for, let me find, and, and it's very specific, he's looking for Saul's heir. Now, we all know that um, Saul had a son named Jonathan, and David loved Jonathan, and they were, you know, they had a very close relationship. But it says specifically that David was looking for Saul's heirs, and not to kill them, but to show them grace. He took Mephibosheth <laughs> um, into his own house, sat him at his own table, and fed him and cared for him. That is a perfect picture of grace. He didn't do anything to deserve that. David did it because David is a type and a picture of Jesus, you know, to offer that grace. And the ultimate um, picture of grace in the New Testament is in Matthew's, Matthew, <laughs> in Romans 5, 1 through 11. Jesus is the manifestation and personification of God's grace. This is the ultimate picture that a God who all-powerful and all-everything would say, you know what, I'm going to make sure that there's a way for everyone to be saved and give up my son. I have kids. I'm not that gracious. I, I, don't, I don't see myself willingly sacrificing my son for someone else. That's, that's love. That's grace. And God demonstrates this love for us by the fact that the Messiah died while we were still sinners, while we were still doing stuff wrong, while we were still stuck in our sin. He did it anyway. Um, as I was preparing, I, I thought about what, is, what do I think about when I think about grace? Well, I think about the famous song, Amazing Grace. And I don't know if any of you are familiar with the author of Amazing Grace, but his name is John Newton. He was, um, he referred to himself as an old African blasphemer. That's how he referred to himself. He um, was born, he was, he lived in, during the 1800s, a famous preacher, and everyone in London wanted to study under him when he was a preacher. But his beginnings were far from where he ended. Uh, he was born um, when he was a little boy. His mom taught him the Bible right by her side. He, he, she gave him a Bible, taught him all about the Lord. And when he was seven years old, she died. Four years later, his dad was a sea captain, and he went out to sea with his dad at 11 years old. And he became a rebellious, um, the accounts of his exploits are you know, list, long listed. He, is well, he was well known for um, his rebellion, but also for being the most crass. Like he, he was, as a young man, he could make the older sailors blush because he was so vulgar, so, he was just so bad. And there's a lot to his story, but what happened is 
there was a couple of times that um, a couple of things happened in his, his life, and one of them that is, is crowned his, his transformation moment is he was on a ship, and he, was, he woke up to a storm, and the guy who was next to him had been swept overboard in the storm. And then he went and whatever his job was at that time, forgive me, for, uh, he, he lashed himself to the ship and was doing his job. And then he ended up steering and it was like 11 hours, 11 hours that he was in the storm. And at one point he prayed and said, God, you know, help me through the storm. I will give my life to you. And later in his life, he said that although that's really when he, like, okay, I'm going to start, he started reading his Bible and every religious thing he could come up with, he didn't, he doesn't credit that actually being where he actually changed. It was the beginning, but he continued for years to backslide. Uh, At one point, he ended up, um, (laughs) the crew couldn't stand him so much that they left him uh, when it was a slave trader ship and they were in Africa and he left him basically sold him as a slave to an African princess and she was famous for the mistreatment of her slaves which um, so he was the other slaves would steal him food because he was so mistreated. And he got, his, his dad got him out of that, and, and then there was a case where he got very sick. And then at one point, he, cha- he really radically changed. He prayed, and God got him out of the shipping industry altogether. And um, he was also a slave trader. And years and years later, uh, he became a proponent of abolishing slavery. And he came out and said, you know, here I am, saved by the grace of God, and I have to say, you know, what I was once is, is not cool. And so one of the things that he did, or that he said that I think is really interesting, is the quote is, I am not the man I ought to be, I'm not the man I wish to be, and I am not the man I hope to be, but by the grace of God, I am not the man I used to be. That's just really good. He... Um, he ended up writing a lot of music, a lot of hymns, a lot of, a lot of stories. And his song, strangely enough, Amazing Grace, was not very popular in Europe. It came over here and was used a lot by the slaves. And that's where the history brings it here to America, is the song Amazing Grace. His, one of the other quotes that I thought was very interesting by him was, May we sit at the foot of the cross and there learn what, has done, what sin has done, what justice has done, and what love has done. His epitaph, he wrote himself, and it's on his headstone. It says, once an infidel and libertine, a servant of slaves in Africa, was by the rich mercy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, preserved, restored, and approved to preach the faith he had long labored to destroy. So what a transformation. And what I, what I love about that is that he didn't forget his beginnings. He didn't forget that he had done a lot wrong. And I have a, a, my own little story. As you all know, I usually do share a little story. Uh, last weekend, I, my granddaughters graduated from high school and we had, they had an open house. And 
My oldest daughter, her name is Anne. Uh, she is my stepdaughter, who I raised from the time she was a nine. And she and I have had a rocky kind of story. And at one point, um, she kind of walked away from the family, walked away from me, and said, really, um, you know, I'm going to do things my own way. And in my, in my Christian um, piety, I judged her and withdrew any kind of support or love or um, really I just, I just wrote her off. You know, you don't, you don't want to be a part of me? That's okay because I don't really like your life or your lifestyle or how you live. So I'm just going to, you know, I'm done. And um, a few years ago, someone had made mention to me, I, I, it was Carrie Miller, she made a comment about Anne, and uh, it struck me. And you know the comments that somebody makes that you don't really like, and you think, that wasn't very, you, know, you don't understand. Yeah. You, you do not get everything that's happened. See, you weren't privy to all the little things and all the little cuts and all the stuff, so you couldn't possibly know what I feel like. And yet God just kept poking at it, like he does, and just kept saying, you know, wow, really? Because where were you? What were you doing? And I was a good Christian. I was a good Christian. I was such a good Christian, I'd forgotten where I came from. You know, I, and so a couple years ago, I, I uh, and actually my son was coming home from California, and I called her up and said, hey, uh, your brother's coming home, we're going to have a party. Or, anyway, and so I want you to come. And she brought her whole family, and, uh, and thus began the building of a relationship that had deteriorated. And last Sunday, or last Saturday, when I went to the open house, her mom's family, so I know divorce is really hard and sometimes it's really ugly, and so back when I became her stepmom, of course that family didn't like me because I was the other one, and ugh. So I knew that all of them were there, and I said, but I couldn't remember them because it's been so long, because we had had, we had, it was probably a good 10 years that we did not have a relationship. And I, I said to her, well, I, is that your family? Gosh, should I be here? And she goes, she goes, I've already told them. I wouldn't be who I was without you. You're my mom. And she dragged me over and said, hey, do you guys remember? This is my mom, and this is so-and-so, and this is so-and-so. And I was blown away. But you know what? That's what grace does. That's what grace does. When I showed her grace, she didn't do anything to deserve it, but neither did I. But I extended love, and I extended support, and, and just poured into her, not looking for anything back, not looking for her to perform a certain way. That's what God does. He loves you right where you're at. He wants to show you how to change, yes. But he doesn't love you any less. He doesn't withhold it. His grace is meant for you. Okay, off track here, a little bit, sorry. 
the clicker's not working. In 2 Corinthians, it says, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. Isn't that amazing? That's how God can use us. When we've got nothing, he goes, you know what, let me give you something. And then you can do it. I didn't have anything for my daughter. I didn't. But God gave it to me. He gave me the love that I needed to pour out onto her, regardless of what she's doing and where she's in her life. In Romans, it talks about how God gave us the law so that we could see how sinful we were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So that as sin ruled over people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life. God's grace and goodness not only cleanses us from the penalty of sin, but it enables us to deal with the power of sin. In Titus 2, 11 through 15, this is what it says. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people. It trains us to renounce ungodly living and worldly passions so that we might live sensible, honest, and godly lives in the present age as we wait for the blessed hope and glorious appearance of our great Lord and Savior. His grace is what helps us to renounce our sin. His grace is what enables us to reach out to those around us. You know, sometimes we feel like this is what God's doing. You know? We feel like he's in the mirror, you know, chasing us down. But he's chasing us down to give us a gift. He's chasing after us so that we can lay down our burdens and have freedom. Freedom from sin. Freedom from things that would so easily trip us up. Freedom so we can become who he's called us to be. So we can run that race, you know, that he set before us. And we don't want to do it alone. We want to go and gather up more people. You know, when we find our gift that he's given us, we want to share it because there's an abundance. It's not a little thing. It's not like he gives and he says, okay, here's my grace. Here it is. Now make sure you manage it well because that's all you get for your whole life. It doesn't say that. His grace is sufficient for the day every day. Every day. He gives us grace every day. His love, his power, his strength is for you every day. So why don't you stand with me? Why don't you close your eyes, bow your head. We're just going to pray together. Father, we just thank you so much that your grace is sufficient that you, it is an attribute of you that doesn't change. That you're always gracious. We can count on that. That your love, your grace, and your mercy are with us always. 
Father, I just ask that we just have a revelation of what that looks like for each one of us. That you would transform us to be like you. And just as the song we sang during worship said, we are established in grace that we can be fruitful in every season. Let that resonate with us. Whatever season we're in, that we know that we know that we know that we are saved by grace and that you don't withhold that ever. And I just thank you for that today. In Jesus' name, amen.